It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, I, I said that Monday's game was the first game that truly felt like 2022. Uh, well, Tuesday's game, I think, probably topped that and then some. Let's talk about it all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, June 7th, 2000. And 23, thank you so much for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. When you enter promo code MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. All right, well, welcome back. As I said, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. The Tigers lose one to nothing to the Philadelphia Phillies on Tuesday night. Uh, we're not going to start with the game. that We will talk plenty uh, about the disaster that was the offense on June 6th, even though it's no longer an isolated incident. Uh, they have been absolutely dreadful at the plate ever since Riley Green got hurt. Uh, but I want to start with organizational news because – as we'll talk about at the end of the show, you can see here on our nice fancy itinerary we have these days on YouTube, um, we're going to talk about uh, not like exact roster moves, not like this is going to happen, this is like this is exactly copy and paste what's going to happen, but uh, we are going to discuss the fact that moves need to happen and who needs to be on the outside looking in from this baseball team going forward. Uh, and the closer that these players that are hurt because there's a laundry list of injuries with the Tigers to, to, to be completely fair to them, right? That they have a lot of injuries they're dealing with. And so uh, as those players start to come back or get close to coming back, that gives us a clearer picture of who is going to be on the outside looking in. So uh, I want to start that the Tigers do a great thing these days uh, in the Scott Harris arrow about once a week. Now they send out, the PR department just sends out an entire medical update, a sheet with every single player on the on the IL and where they're currently at in their uh, current process, I guess, to return to the major. So Bo Brisky, one of the bigger ones, he has been out since spring training, uh, and he is finally scheduled to start a rehab assignment with High A West Michigan uh, today as you're listening to this on Wednesday. Kerry Carpenter is currently on a rehab assignment in AAA Toledo. He is scheduled to throw to bases today. So he has been DHing exclusively since coming back from his injury. Uh, and it sounds like, I think Evan Petzold said, maybe it was Evan Woodbury, one of the beat writers said that they probably will not bring Kerry Carpenter back to the major league team until they're confident he can play the outfield. So they're not just going to rush him up just to DH. Uh, Alex Fiedo had saw a hand specialist who removed a portion of his right middle fingernail. He's completing treatments daily and expected to start throwing as symptoms allow. I can't imagine that's going to be a long-term injury. Knock on wood very quickly. 
Riley Green, they're now labeling as a stress reaction rather than a stress fracture and is completing rehab assignments. Matt Manning, though, completed a two-inning live bullpen today in which his fastball was about 95 miles an hour. That is a fantastic sign. The arm never went anywhere with him. It's all just going to be about, is he confident landing on his, his plant foot now with the comebacker that broke part of some part of his foot? Some doctor can tell me what part of his foot he broke. Erod. Uh, with the pulley rupture in his left index finger, saw a hand specialist who cleared him to begin light catch. I have no clue if that's like fantastic news or par for the course or what. Zero idea, but the fact that he's already playing catch again has to be something decent. And then Tarek Skubal completed his first rehab assignment a few days ago now as you're listening to this. Uh, I believe pitched two innings. One of them was like a five-pitch inning, so not like a boatload of work. Uh, but his next start and uh, his next rehab start will be on Friday, the ninth. His last one was on Sunday. Uh, and then, yeah, Matt Veerling started doing baseball activities again. So I, he probably should be back sooner than later. And then there's a few more, you know, Spencer Turnbull still just doing rehab stuff. Trey Wingenter is doing rehab stuff. Casey Mize is playing catch four times a week, et cetera, et cetera. But um, those, th- those are good signs that this team, again, th- no, they don't have enough talented prospects to legitimately fill every hole on this major league roster. So even if you want to call people up, which again, we'll get to at the end of the show, uh, you, you still need some of these dudes to be healthy again in return from injury. And if you get a combination of both of those things, maybe we can turn this thing around and, and not have the worst offense I don't know. I've ever seen, maybe, I don't know. Last year was one of the worst offenses ever. I can't imagine that they're going to be worse. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but the last two days certainly have been really, really bad. And really every game since Riley green got hurt has been really, really bad. That is five straight losses for your Detroit Tigers. As I said, one to nothing loss to the Phillies on Tuesday night. You know, it's, uh, so frustrating so many different aspects of this are actually so frustrating one uh, where do we even want to start I guess we can start with the fact that Taiwan Walker has an ERA over five even after this outing in which he threw seven shutout innings so that should tell you what his season numbers were looking like going into this game his, his ERA is over five I believe it's 5.04, 5.04, and that's after seven innings of shutout baseball with eight Ks. Um, you had that bases loaded, no out situation, or one out, bases loaded, one out situation. Couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, you, yeah. And like, the frustrating thing, I, I'm just going to use the word frustrating a million times apparently, is like McKinstry got good wood on that, right? Like that, that, was, a, that was a hard hit ball. Um, and, and Brandon Marsh is a phenomenal defensive center fielder. So that obviously helped. He took a really good route to it and got there pretty easily, but like, that's a hit. A lot of times that expected batting average was very high. Jake Rogers didn't do anything before that, or maybe it was Marisnik didn't do anything. I don't know. Everybody just, it all blends together. Now you had three hits and three walks. You had six base runners in nine innings. Couldn't plate a single run we want to play the OPS game on this one you now if you're looking at the Tuesday June 6 2023 lineup 
You now have zero players with an OPS over 800. Uh, Zach Short technically, but like his sample size is so small that that barely counts. Um, with people that even remotely close to qualify, you have no one over an 800 OPS. Uh, the only people over a 700 OPS are, again, Zach Short technically. Zach McKinstry, 789 now. His OPS has been going down pretty dramatically over the last week and a half. A lot of strikeouts on on breaking balls low. We highlighted that yesterday, right? And then after that, there is now nobody else in the lineup with an OPS even over 700. Even over 700. A league average OPS is usually like 730, 740-ish. Depending on the year. You don't have... After your leadoff hitter, you don't have a single qualified hitter with an OPS over 700. Javi Baez, 571. Spencer Torkelson, 665. Nick Maton, 604. Akil Badu now down to 695. Zach Short, 854 technically. Miguel Cabrera, 539. Jake Rogers, 616. Jake Mariznick, 378. Andy Abanez pinch hits late, 512. Mariznick, also a very small sample size. We'll throw that in there too, but... Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And here we are talking about another shutout loss. They went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position, 6 left on base. That means in their last four games, they have one hit with a runner in scoring position. Is that right? I guess I don't think they had a hit on. Oh, they have two. There you go. In your last four games, you have two total hits with runners in scoring position. That is absolutely pathetic and embarrassing. Let's keep talking about it, though, because we have fun doing that. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, You know, it's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. And never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when you spend all your time giving, can kind of leave you feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's a fantastic resource. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Truly a remarkable resource that everyone has at their disposal now. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB, and you can get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. I greatly, greatly appreciate y'all. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day, no matter how good or bad this team is. I very much appreciate and respect y'all. I I, I, I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be recapping the series finale against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, The pitching matchup for that game will be Reese Olsen against Zach Wheeler. So tall task ahead yet again for your Detroit Tigers. Um, Okay, so 
we're, we're talking about the offense. Two hits with runners in scoring position in the last four games, I believe. You went over, then you went over, then you had the Torkelson homer was one, and then yesterday you had one. Oh, maybe that's in our last five games. Yeah, that might be two. Two total hits with runners in scoring position in the last five games. That's a good look. So there you go. Super clutch hitting. Uh, they leave the bases loaded yet again. I know that's further down in our itinerary here, but I guess we're we're jumping in a little bit. And we went through the lineup. Like there, there's, uh, I, I really don't want to start feeling like last year, but like there, at some point there's nothing else I can say. And like it's June. At some point it's just the same thing, different day. At some point it's just, Maybe this team just isn't very good. And maybe this offense, right? Like if, if it, what is it? If it looks like a chicken and it sounds like a chicken, like it's probably a chicken. I, I, I just. New game day shirt. Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate. Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Frustrating. Very frustrating. So there you go. There's your offense. You have six, I, I mean, you you completely got sliced and diced. If you want a little bit better analysis than just, oh, we suck. The, they, they got sliced because Taiwan Walker has a really good splitter. And this team could not tell the difference between the low splitter and the low fastball if their careers depended on it. They, they absolutely could not tell the difference the entire game. No one could. They, they were swinging at – he was throwing splitters in the dirt on three ball counts and getting back-to-back swings and misses. Like, genuinely. Like, inexcusable, you know, like like fundamental stuff that you learn at, at, at a very early on in your baseball career just completely out the window because uh, the, the five-plus ERA Taiwan Walker ha- had a splitter that they couldn't pick up. And, and, and they got dominated. Uh, and that's that's no disrespect to Walker whatsoever. He's uh, he's a very fine pitcher. I wanted the Tigers to get him when, when he was a free agent. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm a fan. Uh, it's just I, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. I'm tired of being everybody's get right game for seven years. We've been every pitcher and team's get right game, and now it's it's gone even beyond that. Now it's like we're every pitcher's no hit bid. I tweeted this out, but we're already at a point where for the last like three or four games, like the Tigers just getting a hit is now a big deal. Like the first hit they get in every game is like noteworthy. It's like, oh, they're not going to get no hit today. Great. They got no hit through six, two days ago. They got no hit through five, four, five, four and a third, maybe in this one. One of the White Sox pitchers took a no hitter in an ish, like decently ish, into the ball game over the weekend. Like it's it's just we're already there, and it sucks. 
The bullpen day actually worked out pretty well for the Detroit Tigers. Tyler Alexander starts. Uh, Tyler Alexander and I have had a very interesting, uh, just, I don't know, relationship over the last few years since I've been the host of this show. I'm sure he doesn't even know who I am, but it's one of those things where very early on in my Locked On Tigers career here uh, hosting this show, I had proclaimed that Tyler Alexander should never be in your rotation, like scheduled in your rotation. He should never get the ball every fifth day. He can be a very valuable and effective long reliever. And I was really tired of him giving this team spot starts and filling in and and just and finding his way into the rotation every single year. And a lot of people took that as slander. I never meant it to be. It's just I, I think he's better in a different role. That's truly all it ever was. Um, but he has been this team's long reliever slash spot starter for like five years now. So uh, it, it's just he, he did it again, and he was effective in this one. He, he had the one solo home run to Kyle Schwarber, and that was quite literally the only hit, only base runner he gave up in his entire outing. He only faced the lineup one time through. Uh, well, one time through and then Schwarber again, right, for lefty-lefty purposes. But um, that was, like, that was it. That was it. Uh, that, that, that's, that's all he did. And, and he did a, a fine job. J- again, just the one hit. It was a solo homer, no walks, three Ks. Say what you will about Tyler Alexander. Um, he's not going to walk people. And that I can absolutely love and respect. To, if anything else, this dude is going to make the hitter beat him. And he has a six ERA this year, even after this outing, the hitter has beaten him a lot. And even in this outing, he gave up like, I want to say the team the in the first like four innings, the Phillies had legitimately four, I think. Four, yeah, I think four, maybe even five, 350 plus foot outs. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't the most dominant of performances. They had a lot of hard outs, they had a lot of, had a lot of far outs, but he got the job done. So hats off to to Tyler Alexander. Unfortunately, he gets the loss. uh, Not deserved whatsoever. But this offense is this offense. And then Jose Cisnero goes out there, pitches a clean inning. Tyler Holton looked fantastic. He has a 2-3-2 ERA on the season. Two innings of work, two hits, two strikeouts, no hits, runs. Sorry, no runs or walks, rather. Um, But yeah, you know, he's one of those great stories so far this season uh, where Chris Fetter and, and his coaching staff have just done a phenomenal job tweaking Tyler Holton's stuff and, and delivery and really getting the most out of him. His changeup has really turned into a pretty legitimate pitch at this point. Um, he only threw it four times in this ball game, but uh, when he tunnels it with, it, it's like, Change-up, sinker, fastball, all kind of tunneling and looking pretty similar out of the hand. And he has the ability to really, really keep hitters off balance and, and has done a really great job this year. So shout-out to Tyler Holton. Shout-out to, to Fetter and, and Lund and Nieves and all that. They, they, they've done a fantastic job uh, piecing together some productive – I mean, Jose Cisneros ERA is now 2.86 after this outing. Will Vast, who went into this outing with a 3 ERA, leaves it with a 2.74. He gives you two perfect innings. 
Uh, two innings, no hits, runs, or walks, and three strikeouts. His stuff looked great. He was spinning it. Really, truly. Uh, that slider was an unbelievably effective pitch for him in this ball game. And like that really his his outings are gonna come and go with the effectiveness of his slider because that fastball is gonna sit about 95 pretty consistently. So when he's locating and putting the slider where he wants, that's when he's at his best. And in this game, he absolutely did. So um, yeah, like zero complaints, literally zero complaints with the pitching. As a team, they go eight innings, three hits, one earned run, no walks, nine strikeouts. The only blemish the entire time was a leadoff homer. That was the only run scored in the entire game for either team was the first batter of the ball game. Embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. And again, like uh, no disrespect to, to, to Taiwan Walker at all, but like it, it's just, it's so frustrating when it, it's just, it, it's such a simple, like basic sequence. Like, it's not some, you know, they had to go in the lab and really try to figure out how to dissect the Tigers lineup, and it was super difficult, and they had to do all this creative stuff. Like, no, it was just low fastballs, sinkers, and splitters, and he just wouldn't throw them back-to-back and tunneled all of them. All at the knees the entire game. Barely changed eye levels. Just kept the ball low, and, and the Tigers looked absolutely lost like they had never seen a splitter before. Get shut out. They have scored in the last, this whole series, they've scored three runs, but in this whole series, uh, in what is that, 18 innings, they've scored via one swing. Nick Maton put a charge into one baseball, and that is the entire offense two games into this series. Unacceptable stuff, unfortunately. Okay, let's talk about the well, we already kind of talked about risk and, and bases loaded. I kind of I kind of jumped that one, but let's talk about where this team stands right now, what to expect as far as roster moves going forward. We'll do that and then we'll talk about game three, Reese Olsen and whatnot as well. We'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is the best. They are the most comfortable shorts. I own now. They are my favorite shorts that I own now. And I wear them golfing. I wear them lounging around the house. I wear them out to dinner. I, I, I wear them pretty much anywhere. They're so versatile and that's what makes them so cool. But they're versatile not only with how they fit and feel, which is unbelievably comfortable. They're also versatile with how they look. They are acceptable pretty much anywhere you go. And that's why they have instantly become not only my favorite shorts, but really just uh, Bird Dogs actually sent all the hosts a couple of pairs of shorts to try. And they're instantly two of my favorite just article of articles of clothing I have in my entire wardrobe. They're beyond comfortable. They fit amazingly. They look great on me. And you can wear them pretty much anywhere, anytime. They are the best. So uh, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. When you enter promo code locked on MLB, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Also got to talk to you guys today about Margs. This episode is brought to you by Margs sparkling margaritas. 
Look, you guys know I love a good drink when I'm trying to find, and rather, I am trying to find a replacement for the typical White Claws, High Noons, etc. Thank goodness I stumbled upon Marg's. The refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas have officially become my go-to cocktail crafted with real Blanco tequila. Marg's are clean, crisp, and they genuinely taste so good. They've got five unique flavors, so there's something for everyone to enjoy. I love them most when I'm kicking it back after work watching a game on a weekend, hanging with friends, the summer. It really is the drink of summer for me. I can't wait to pack my cooler with Margs for my backyard barbecues, boat trips, days at the beach, etc. They are going to be the perfect tailgate season drink this fall as well. So visit sipmargs.com now to find a realtor near you goodness that's s-i-p-m-a-r-g-s.com to find a realtor near you must be 21 or older to enjoy cheers and please drink responsibly all right now that i hacked my way through that goodness gracious um let's talk about what we can expect from this team roster wise going forward i said it yesterday i've said it a few times i refuse to believe refuse to believe that there's nothing this team can do going forward i refuse that is blasphemy there's no possible way you can look me in the eyes you look the entire fan base in the eyes and actually believe well There's nothing we can do. We're just going to ride this out and see what happens. I refuse to believe that. And I'm not saying that this team's going to turn it around and be great. I think that ship has probably sailed, right? But I don't think you can just do nothing. I, again, refuse to believe that that is the solution here. Don't just wait it out. You have prospects that are hitting. Cole Keith is literally Barry Bonds in double-A right now. I think he's going to go to triple-A first. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to have a pipeline straight to the majors here. But that still causes roster moves. Cole Keith gets called up. Someone else has to get called up to fill his spot. Then something has to happen in triple-A to make a roster spot for him. There's a chain reaction here. Justin Henry Malloy, not as good of a May as an April. Still probably worth a look at some point this season. And when you have an entire lineup of not only just like, oh, slightly below average league average hitters, you're talking about a lineup with legitimately like rivaling half of your lineup on a daily basis with a sub 600 OPS. There's just no way you can justify doing nothing. And as I said earlier this week, I'm not necessarily saying that this team needs to call up every single prospect. I I, I don't want to ruin development, this all being said. But there has to be something you can do. There has to be people on the waiver wire that you can bring in. There has to be. We talked about uh, Tapia. I I tweeted about Tapia, who got DFA'd 
by the Boston Red Sox the other day. He's a lefty outfielder, which this team has uh, quite a few of at the moment. But his OPS is over 800 against righties. This season, it's a platoon bat. It's not a, a, a World Series caliber move. He got DFA'd for a reason. He's on waivers for a reason. But is there anyone in this lineup who has an OPS that high? At least it's something. And I'm not saying that like that specific move needs to happen. I'm just trying to paint a broader picture that there are always people that you have the ability to bring in. Always. It's also June. This is when moves happen. League-wide. June is the month where roster moves happen. Teams get a very clear picture about what if they're going to be competitive or not. And uh, you also have a lot of clauses in minor league contracts that are like, hey, I'll sign a minor league deal with you. And if I'm not going to be in the majors by June 1st or June 15th or July 1st, then I have the right to either be cut or traded to another team for any price, whether it's cash or whatever. That's literally what happened with Jake Marisnik. So, like, there are always moves you can make. Always. Always. Okay? And, and again, these kind of moves are small. They're not bringing in world beaters. You're not going to turn this into, like, the the murderer's row offense. It's not going to happen. But golly, if it's better than just sitting here and watching the same 12, 13, 14 guys go out there and collectively look like a double-A offense night in and night out. We I, we can't do this again. We can't. Now, something else I want to point out is the minor league season is set up weird. So, especially like levels like double-A, uh, they, they have kind of like first half, second half, type of standings and there are playoff implications based on where you finish in the first half and the second half you you can be good in the first half and still make the playoffs if you're not as good in the second half it, it's kind of complicated I'm not going to explain the whole thing to you on air right now but my point is a lot of double a roster moves happen after that halfway point in the season because people go okay we whatever we clinched a playoff spot at least or the, the first half is done. We're going to start fresh with a completely, not completely, but like a somewhat different roster because everyone's kind of not quite starting from scratch, but kind of, you know what I mean? So I I would ex- keep an eye on double A, keep an eye on that. Like as that season gets closer, the, the halfway point in that season rather gets closer and closer. I would imagine that once that's done, there, there's probably going to be a flurry of roster moves uh, at the double A level. We'll see what they end up being uh, and the repercussions, the ripple effect of those moves, what above and directly above and below double a right could then have implications on what happens at the, uh, you know, at triple a. And, and if something, you know, even more of a ripple effect than happens up at the majors. So I'm just asking for something. You, you, you can't become complacent. This is a front office that was, that was claiming people on waivers every three days in December. Why can't we have 
a constant turning of the bottom of the lineup when the season's actually going on. And we know that a quarter of these dudes are just objectively not major league hitters. Why can't we keep that system rolling? Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping the series finale against the Philadelphia Phillies. Don't get swept. Don't lose six straight, please, for the love of everything. Uh, Reese Olsen going again. It'll be fun to see how he goes up against a better lineup than he faced in his major league debut. We'll see how the stuff looks. The command is always the big question for him. And then Zach Wheeler is 4-4 four and four with a 4-3 ERA so far this season. You can just throw those out the window. Zach Wheeler's a darn good pitcher, and it doesn't really matter, apparently, because, like, Walker's numbers weren't good going into this start, uh, and Nola's numbers, numbers were – they weren't bad, but they certainly weren't, like, what we're used to from Nola – uh, and both of them absolutely dominated us. So I don't even really care that Wheeler has a 4-3 ERA. I really don't. He's probably going to do really well. So we'll see what happens. Go go salvage a win. Get back on track. Go into an off day on a victory. Come back home against a young Arizona team with a win in your back pocket and, and, and turn this thing around before everybody just looks around and goes, this is literally last year 2.0. What are we doing here? Don't let that happen. Do not. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. I can never find this dang video, dude. Chase. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.